Thank you. Welcome back to the Great Work Podcast. My name is Amanda, your host. Today we are talking to Ariel Adamani, who is a Qatar expert. He's actually doing his PhD research in Qatar, the history and the current political climate and stuff of Qatar. Um, he is located in Israel. We did have a little bit of a a tough time with the audio on this episode. Um, so I apologize in advance if some of the quality on this is a little bit lower than normal. But I think that this is really important because we're talking a lot about Iran and I want to have a, an expert further on Iran. On, But when we're talking about Qatar, especially right now, I believe on the right of the National Security Council, and especially in America, we're talking a lot about like cut off Qatar. And that's kind of how I feel. But there are some things with the history of Qatar and especially what they do for America that is, are not being brought up. Um, also talking about why do they have a better reputation right now? Why are they why are they such a close non-NATO ally when they are a state sponsor of terrorism? I think Ariel gives some good perspectives of why we give them so much leeway with talking to bad guys. And it's really the it's because we aren't allowed to talk to the bad guys and so we make them do the bidding but then when it comes to you know eight united states citizens being kept hostage as well as over 136 other hostages in total um you know we can't get them back and it's kind of on qatar and it's like well why can't you why can't you get them back for us so i really hope that this episode helps you um helps you kind of understand the qatar issue better and without further ado We'll go ahead and get into it. But before we do, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, rate me five stars, leave a review, please, especially on Apple Podcasts. I would really appreciate a review. And without further ado, we'll get into the episode. All right. Thank you for tuning in to the Great Work Podcast. Today we have Ariel, who is an expert in Qatar, all things Qatar. So I thought that this would be a fun um, episode to talk about. I mean, we're talking a lot about Hamas. We're talking a lot about Iran. We are not talking about Qatar, who's both kind of an ally and an adversary in this conflict. So, Ariel, do you want to explain a little bit about your background? Uh, first, thanks for having me. It's a great pleasure. Um, I'm a PhD candidate in Israel, and not many in Israel research this country. Mainly they focus the Palestinians and the Egypt and mainly the laborers of Israel. And the Gulf in general, uh, it's kind of neglected here. And this is why lately you can see more uh, studies about Saudis or the, uh, the UAE, uh, mainly when uh, the Arab Accords uh, happened, uh, a lot of uh, citizens w were intrigued by the states. But Qatar, let's say, uh, didn't uh, get the um, well-deserved cover, let's say, she need it needed. Um, so I, I uh, wrote my uh, master about the foreign relations of uh, Saudi Arabia and Qatar from uh, uh, until 1995, uh, before uh, it became uh, more exciting. And I wanted, I want to uh, go back to the days uh, of uh, of the background, let's say, when uh, nobody cares about them. But I think that it's important uh, background that can explain a, a phenomenon that happened today. 
Uh, this is was my master, my my PhD. That's right now I'm underwriting, and I hope very soon be improved. It uh, improved. Uh, is about the uh, religious identity of the state, okay. and and in Qatar and actually in most of the Muslim countries, uh, the religion is uh, a topic that can be relevant to sport and to women rights and to sustainability and to politics and a lot of subjects. And this is why when I publish some articles and I have some lectures, some of them in Israel, some of them abroad, abroad uh, I, uh, let's say, uh, examine Qatar in many contexts. Uh, the context of uh, relations with Israel uh, in the 1917, in nowadays, uh, the question of uh, uh, women rights, elections, and uh, many domestic and foreign relations. Awesome. Well, thank you. Um, can you give, so you've studied Qatar at great length. Can you give like a quick, like two-minute overview of like the brief, briefest history of Qatar? Okay, it's a challenging question. I thought I'd try. Um, let's like that. Um, it's a small country. We all know it. Um, uh, and uh, let's say that between the royal houses of the of the Gulf, they are the youngest. They are funny regime. They are funny, funny family. And the first recorded evidence to their actions is, uh, let's say, the... 1847, let's say, they just, uh, uh, the Saudis and the Kuwaiti and the Al-Sabah and the al have, um, let's say, passed them 100 years. So they are the youngest in the, in the Gulf. And um, over the years, they consolidated their power. Uh, when we talk about in the 1980, uh, we can talk about a regime that's mainly Bedouin or let's say the uh, the, uh, um, the place, the Qatari Peninsula was mainly about pearls. And just when we talk about the 1940, we can talk about the oil. In the 1990, we can talk about gas. In the 1990, there were uh, three, uh, let's say, um, motives that led to Qatar that we see today. First, it was the gas. The second, it was the younger generation that get tired from uh, being dependent on the Saudis. And the third is uh, when they get tired from the Saudis, they they uh, want to lean on the Americans. Okay. And, and this is why from then Qatar wants to establish itself as a prominent factor on the world uh, stage. And they use uh, their money, of course, but uh, soft power, investing in sport, uh, international events, forums, any way you can think of it, think of, they use it. Definitely. So um, for the purpose of this, the war in Israel right now, Qatar is kind of being zeroed in on because they are acting as a negotiation partner between Hamas and um, Israel and the United States is a part of that as well. Um, Qatar, I know, began negotiating with Hamas in 2006 because President Bush um, asked them to keep an open line of communication. Um, 
from my understanding, Qatar took that kind of a lot further than Bush intended. And they're kind of aiding and funding Hamas now. And that's kind of widely known in national security circles, yet they're still the ones participating in hostage negotiations. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, Did Qatar misinterpret what Bush said, in your opinion? Like, are they acting out of accordance with international law by funding a terror organization? Like, what are your thoughts? So I think that's the right uh, point to start my answer is uh, nowadays. Um, the Qatari ambassador to the U.S., uh, Marshall Fani, uh, was very eager to, let's say, clean Qatar from the association with a murderous uh, organization as Hamas. And this is why, uh, uh, mainly during this war, Qatar uh, tried to highlight that uh, it's not us, it's the U.S. that asked us to do so. And it's a MO that's familiar to Qatar because, indeed, you, the U.S. Uh, uh, depends on Qatar to, let's say, uh, conduct their dodgy business. And the mediation between Iran and, um, and the U.S. and the hostage deal before the war. Uh, the mediation with Venezuela. Uh, the Qatar mediation between Russia and Ukraine. So let's say it's a mo. This is an mo that's very familiar to Doha to run the the dodgy business of the U.S. But I can't say for certain that this was a Bush fault or the U.S. fault. I mean, we have uh, from 1999, uh, uh, we have um, uh, let's say the Hamas leadership transfer from Jordan by the ask of uh, King Abdullah II to uh, Doha. And Doha uh, hosted, allowed, finance uh, Hamas. I think that uh, the, the fact that now they say Bush asked us, Washington asked us, it's merely an excuse. It's a way to, uh, to uh, try not to see as a state sponsor to terrorism. Uh, I don't think we can blame it all on Bush. Like Israel, like the US. Uh, and the state take the little what they gave, they, they ask them to conduct business with Hamas and try to uh, present it. It's a saccade blanche. Uh, we can talk with them because they asked. But I think the truth is that uh, they took a very, very minor approval uh, uh, and uh, take it to highest levels nobody intended. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Qatar funds Hamas. They're also an overseer of some of the humanitarian aid that the United States um, opens up sanctions to Iran. Can you talk about how they act as the overseer of those funds? Um, I know they use cryptocurrency. Like, what can you say about all that? Um, the answer, I think, needs to consider the Islamic nature of the state. I mean, when you donate uh, a zakat, uh, what is called in Islamic term, a uh, charity, you can donate it to organizations that operate in other places. One of the religious uh, prominent scholars that Qatar hosted was uh, Yusuf al-Kardaw. He passed away uh, 
just a while ago. And he was, let's say, the spiritual leader of uh, the Muslim Brotherhood. And uh, for that, uh, Hamas itself also, it's uh, very, uh, think very, uh, very highly about it. And he, uh, he decreed once that if you uh, donate to this organization that fight about Palestine, et cetera, et cetera, this is uh, considered a, a religious benefit. Now, of course, it's not an, uh, not all the Muslims Muslim think so. Many of them see Hamas as a modernist organization that uh, cannot be seen as an Islamic one. But this is how, let's say, the Qatar regime uh, can uh, harness uh, um, the Qatari population awareness. Just two weeks ago, it was a broadcast in Qatari television that tried to uh, recruit money and to on donation to send to Gaza. And we see it uh, by Egypt mainly. They send uh, planes with a Qatari emblem and slogan and actually every PR move you can think about. Um, they sent directly to Gaza, they did so uh, before the war. I mean, uh, um, sometimes there were a special emissary, uh, Muhammad Ali Madi, that were uh, famous in Israel because he uh, bring a money suitcase. Um, in other uh, in other cases, we can see that uh, one of the uh, let's say. Hamid bin Khalifa, the emir, the father emir of the current emir, visited Gaza in uh, in 2012, and uh, it was an historic event because not so many foreign leaders visit Gaza. And according to uh, New York Times and other outlets, he donated, uh, let's say, 480 million dollar and their the, the amounts just <laughs> get bigger every time in this war the israeli cyber units uh, uh, announced that she blocked um a, a money uh, transfer by cryptocurrency but i can't say this is an uh, let's say crucial component of this uh, donation it's more like a trend uh, we can donate also by uh, this way because let's say uh, that uh, cryptocurrency uh, it's must mu much less supervised so it's more comfortable to citizens private citizens and also government to uh, transfer money and uh, when you transfer in uh, official capacity it's uh, open to scrutiny and to uh, international criticism. Awesome. And so when we talk about Qatar, they I mean, they don't just fund Hamas. They fund a bunch of different things. You talked about soft power earlier. They donate to a lot of U.S. institutions. And you talked about Qatari media. They fund Al Jazeera, everyone's favorite only, well, a lot of people in the United States only trust Al Jazeera because they think it's telling the truth, but really it is Qatari funded. And it's state media, right? Well, more than state media. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's nefarious. Um, so they basically get all this money from oil. Oh, we've talked about the background on Qatar. Now I want to go kind of to your expertise about what should the United States make any policy changes regarding Qatar? And do you think that Israel should tr trust Qatar 
with hostage negotiations? Two really big questions, but I'd love to know what you think. I think that uh, the two questions are connected. I mean, it's uh, it's clear that Israel dependent on this on the U.S. in this war, and uh, uh, ask for its help and assistance against. Uh, May fronts the Houthis and the Hezbollah by, uh, in the north, uh, um, and uh, this is why I think that we cannot uh, separate uh, uh, Israel um, connections um, from the U.S. Uh, desire, let's say, uh, foreign policy. I think that both of the states need <laughs> to address Qatar uh, with caution. I mean, to think that we can eliminate them from the equation is not possible. They are intertwined in so many aspects of the international community. Uh, there were there were calls a decade ago uh, when they when the allegation that uh, they support Jabhat al-Nusra, ISIS-like groups, uh, um, terrorists in Mali, and God knows when and God knows where. Um, so there are calls to uh, cut Qatar off completely. I can't see a situation when the U.S. can do so because uh, it affects, you mentioned before, the universities and the money donation. There are institutions, uh, um, the business community. There are many, many places the Qatari uh, cleverly uh, infiltrated themselves and uh, tried to um, uh, uh, be a crucial component from the business community. Uh, many have uh, many, uh, many uh, like to say in the connection of soft power that uh, Qatar hosted the World Cup in 2022, but there are uh, let's say. Um, uh, ping pong uh, champions in uh, to, uh, to, uh, 2025 and uh, FIBA in 2027 is just a minor examples that you can't today talk about the international community, international uh, business community without mentioning Qatar and their donation. So this is why you can't uh, uh, cut Qatar off uh, if you're not, uh, uh, let's say, do a groundwork, extensive groundwork that uh, find an alternative. Let's say we mentioned earlier the gas. Uh, Germany chose the Qatari gas over the Russian, the Russian gas and your gas. So if we are gonna cut Qatar, we need to consider there is no alternative option or the reason we need to search for it and to establish it and it's not a haste move you can do. Um, I think that, again, I'm not a policymaker, so I'm trying to be modest here, but I think that Israel specifically, because she's, it's, it suffered from uh, Qatar actions and Qatar financed the Hamas and others, uh, but even the U.S. need to address it it's, 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 um, as a state, uh, let's say, a hostile state, that the, the way we are fighting with them is not the way we fight with other states. Let's say when we with Iran, you do it with by sanctions, and you do it by um, let's say uh, economic restrictions, and even sometimes uh, military campaigns. 
But in Qatar, you need to be more sophisticated. You need to um, you need to address the need in PR, uh, good coverage, and uh, see it as a soft, uh, soft their soft belly. To look on your disadvantage with the minor population and their minor minor land coverage, to use it as an incentive or let's say even a threat to the Qatari regime, and therefore to exploit this situation for the U.S. and Israel benefits. You need to do it, let's say, in uh, multilateral uh, options. You need to, uh, in the same time, talk with them. Well, but when you conduct business, you need to consider that it's not a trust to the uh, state. The state, you need at the same time when you uh, you made a negotiation with them to uh, try to find an alternative, to find how you can put pressure, not to see it as a negotiation that you need to please but as a negotiation, I need to make sure it's not, a, 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 let's say, go beyond this uh, scope of uh, what you allowed it. Definitely. Um, then two more questions. So Qatar, I understand, will go under a leadership change over the next few years, kind of like how the Saudis went through a leadership change and changed to the crown prince of Mohammed bin Salman. Am I mistaken on that? I can't say this is true. I mean, um, the Afghani regime is still in power. Uh, just a decade ago, Hamad uh, bin Khalifa HBK uh, transferred uh, the uh, Emir position to his son, Emir Tamim bin Hamad, and he's not going anywhere. He's going to oh. stay there. And when we, when we, they promised reforms and they have an elections, but it's for a central municipal council. It's for, let's say like that, uh, for, uh, um, for city level decisions, not for state level decisions. Okay. So I was mistaken there. And then, so, so no, nothing to look forward to with, Leadership changes, people getting better. No, we can see maybe they they gonna they gonna replace the prime minister from another prime minister, but probably both of them will be from Alfani family. Still, the important families will be uh, will continue to hold the important position uh, in the government sector and in the business sector. Awesome. And then just zooming out, as an Israeli, what are your thoughts on the war going on right now? How are you doing with it? Um, it's harsh, let's say like that. I mean, it's one that's covered mainly Qatar. You can see in just in this area that the Israel, I think, hoped to be in a much better place two months to into the war. And right now, it's still a situation that will depend on the Qataris and Egypt and U.S. assistance. And still, I think that Israel, um, kind of disappointing <laughs> that uh, it's uh, not going, let's say, uh, uh, as we hoped, it's going to be more easy win or let's say uh, uh, without so many casualties in the army and in the in civilian sector. 
So I think that Qatar, in vis-a-vis Israel, is an example to why this is not another war. It's different from other wars that Israel experienced uh, over their 75 years. Definitely. Well, thank you so much. I will link your Twitter on this. Is there anything else you want to say to, I mean, my followers are mostly Jewish in America or Canada. Um, Is there anything you would like anything else you'd like to say um i know that uh, i made contact with uh, the american jury uh, figures that uh, contact me about qatar when they tried to figure out uh, this state i think that uh, um when you when you look at the state you need to remember that the norms of qatar it's not the western norms it's so it's the norms that uh, uh, can even sometimes exploit or take advantage uh, of Western norms or, uh, uh, and let's say, uh, what we see as a common sense to their benefit. So I think it's remember, it's important to remember there's a um, difference in state of mind. Say between Qatar and uh, U.S. general, U.S. Ju- U.S. jury, uh, and also jury in the uh, in the place you mentioned. And uh, second, so uh, thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much. I'll stop recording. All right. I hope that episode was really informative for you. Again, this is a perspective I don't hear on Qatar often. I either hear that Qatar is not really doing anything wrong. We can't expect much from them or, you know, we need to fully pull our base out. I feel like Ariel gave a good in between. And the fact that he's Israeli, I also think, you know, to be as as moderate, moderate as I perceive him, I think that kind of speaks volume. So again, I'm sorry for the shorter episode today, and I'm sorry about any audio issues if you experience them on this. Um, I know like the sound quality isn't as great as I would like it to be, although I think I cleaned it up well. Um, again, please, if you like this episode, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, um, rate me five stars on Spotify, leave me a review on Apple, please, and have a great rest of your week. Thanks. Thank you.